0: Welcome to the Mrs. Rev Podcast, where we equip and empower you to fulfill God's call with joy and with purpose. Get your Bible and get ready to take some notes as we jump into another episode of the Mrs. Rev Podcast with your host, Pastor Joey Miller. Hey, and welcome to the Mrs. Rev Podcast. I'm dedicating this podcast to all of you moms or future moms to be out there or even if you're just a woman that is taking care of somebody because we know that as women we nurture lots of people. So thanks for joining us for today's episode on Momming 101. So we're going to be talking about the role of a mother and the important part that we play as a woman, as a maternal figure in the lives around us. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and grab it, get out your notebook, and we're going to be taking a look at some scriptures today. Don't forget to celebrate the special women in your your life this week for Mother's Day. Tell them you love them and how amazing that they are. Women truly are amazing. We can juggle so many things by the grace of God and care for so many people. And I love how just in, in general we're life givers to those around us. That we, not only did God uh, give us uh, a way to produce life, but but whether it's uh, physically producing lives of little ones or it's just producing life and calling out life in others. It's such a it's such a god uh, God aspect of women when we call life out when we help each other when we encourage one another that's why the enemy likes to come in with women and cause dissension and division and cause us to tear each other down and speak uh speak death over each other is because the nature of God in us is to produce life in everything around us so we're going to talk about uh the role that we have is a mother. I have five kids. If you know us, uh, you know I. my husband's a pastor. I, I pastor with him, and we have five children. Our oldest is 17, and his name's Evan. And then we have Addison, who is 15. We named him Addison before Grey's Anatomy or, wait, what was it? Dawson's Creek. I don't know. One of those shows came became popular, and there was an Addison that was a girl. So we have never lived that down because it was like simultaneously we named him Addison. And then all of a sudden, so anyway. Just a little behind-the-scenes info on that one. And then Ava is my 12-year-old, the first girl. We didn't know after having two boys. My husband has four brothers. So I was like, is it even possible for a Miller to have a girl? And uh, surprise, we didn't find out what she was. And she was born a little baby girl, the first one in our family. So, And then we have Maddox, who is 9 years old and was 10-5 when he was born. So he was a big whopping big baby boy. And then we have Amelia. She is the baby of the family and she is seven years old. And um, her name is Amelia, but we call her Mia for short. And um, when I was uh, praying whether to have a fifth child or be done with my family, I felt like the Lord spoke to me that whatever I desired, that it would be a little girl. And so we named her Amelia, call her Mia, which means mine. And she is very much a mini me, and she is very much the baby of the family. So um, that's a little background on our family. But so we have five kids. And so, you know, as they're growing up, I take the role and the responsibility of being a mother is my number one ministry. I minister to the Lord, I minister to my husband, of course. But these, these, all of these, uh, Are very important roles that I play, but none the more than the ministering to my children. Now, my husband, of course, that's a great ministry, but you know, if if he, uh, if I don't feed him one day, he's gonna survive. So these little ones were like a primary ministry that I had for years and and still do and it's understanding what that looks like and how we could set ourselves up in understanding the roles that we have as a mother so that we can be more intentional about those roles you know I think intentionality is a huge thing you know because we're so familiar you know we've all had a mom so we've all been raised in a certain way that we kind of just like go on autopilot or check out and we don't question why we do things or why we were raised a certain way or what effect that had on us and 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 so really living intentionally as a mom to get into the word, you know, my mom was awesome. She was a working mom, though, and she wasn't really, um, you know, she didn't go to church. So so just uh, when I became a Christian, understanding the important role that I had to play spiritually with my children and um, and in wanting to invest in them and what all that that meant is. Uh, according to God's word. So whether you're a working mom, you're a stay-at-home mom, whatever that looks like, you know, God has crafted you uh, for your child, that he's given you your child specifically. It's not on accident. It's, It's with a specific plan and purpose in mind. And, you know, I remember being little and thinking, oh, if my mom could be this way, or if my mom could be that way, or if my mom stayed home, or if my mom was more in tune with fashion, or if she were younger, or, you know, all of these if onlys. And then as I get older into my adulthood, I realize my mother was exactly the person that I needed her to be, that God gave me her as a gift to help create and form the person that I am today. So I thank God for my mother. And and so whatever your relationship is with the your mother or the woman in your life or the person who raised you, you know, our natural uh, inclination is to think about all of the bad things and all of the failures and we want to blame them for a lot of the things in our life but celebrate them today thank God for them even if it wasn't an ideal situation there has to be something in them that they departed to you uh, that was good so honor and thank thank God for the women in your life today but being a mom is an important thing in fact uh, the Bible talks about in the book of Proverbs 14 1, it says a wise woman builds her home but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands I remember reading this verse and to be completely honest with you, it scared me because I didn't want... To to one day look back at my life and realize that I didn't have the things that were important to me in in uh, in the realm of family because of my own hand because of something that I had done or lacked to do that I could have seen a different result and so the fear of God has always been in me in a good way in the sense of raising my children that I understand that that God has put me in a position to influence them and guide them and ultimately they're 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 His children I'm just stewarding them for Him. On this earth and my role is to to raise them in a way that they connect with him and that they fulfill the plan and the purpose of God upon their life and and so in doing that I understand my role I don't know about you but whenever I was pregnant I, I always had like a sense about the gifting that was on the child's life that that was within me, you know. Whether my my Addison, he's very musical, and I always sense that about him, even when he was in the womb. His name's Addison David, uh, and and just knowing that that he would be musical. Um, so I always had this inclination about each one of my children. Evan, his name is is Evan, and it means young warrior, and that's him down to a T. But just understanding that part of creating, uh a culture within our home to connect them to the Lord and connect them to to their plan and purpose and, and what that looks like. And, you know, one of the ways that we do that as a mother is I like to liken it to being a garden keeper or a garden tender and just really looking over if you have a garden, what do you do? You watch that garden. You make sure the right things are growing healthy. It's getting the right nutrients. It's getting the right water supply that it's getting sunlight so that it's growing in a healthy way what else do you do you make sure there's nothing else coming into that garden that's growing up and springing forth that shouldn't be there a weed anything that's going to hinder and stop the growth of that which you're trying to cultivate and see fruit come from and you know as a mother it's like that with our children and from a very early age, understanding that, you know, their hearts are something that they can't make decisions to protect on their own. But my part of my job is to be that garden keeper, garden tender, and making sure the right things are growing in their little hearts to make sure that I'm addressing any weeds or any hindrances that would want to come in and stifle the growth, to stifle the fruit of what God wants to produce Through that life, so when you understand that, you understand that your role is to carefully watch over your household. Proverbs thirty one twenty seven is one of a verse that I go back to often. Often says, "She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers not from." laziness, suffers not from laziness. And, you know, laziness, it takes a lot of work to watch over uh, the aspects of your children, over their hearts, over their attitudes. Trust me, I know it's, it's easier in Target when they're throwing a tantrum to give them their toy. It's easier uh, to let an attitude slide because you don't want to cause a fight with your teenager. It's easier in a lot of ways to do this. But I love what it says here. It says she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers not from laziness. Not being negligent. Not closing her eyes to what's going on because she's just too tired to deal with it. No. A garden keeper goes out, tends the garden, and watches over it carefully and diligently and makes sure that the right things are growing in it. You know, I I remember uh, even from an early age when my children were babies if they would have an attitude or, or or, they would be throwing a tantrum or they would have, you know, I would carefully watch over the attitudes of their heart. Not that I could control them, but at that age, I could direct them. And, you know, teaching them right from wrong and getting to the root of the problem, getting to the root of the issue. You know, a lot of things that our kids deal with today are just symptoms of a bigger root that's that's in their heart, that's that's been deposited. And if you can watch over your household and identify and uproot the things that shouldn't be there at an early age, it really... Does create a good investment that you reap a good harvest on uh, as life continues to to go on into their adolescent and teenage and adulthood years. So I remember even you know asking them like, do you have a happy heart? What what is your heart saying right now? You know, uh, is your heart are you having a wrong attitude of the heart, and just using that term with them to understand that it's not just—it's just not what the expression of what's going on. It's there's a deeper issue here going on, and being quick to adjust and address those things, whether it's uh, whether it's selfishness or bitterness or anger or unforgiveness, is a big thing. Making sure that things just don't get pushed under the rug in your household, but taking a minute sitting down with your child and explaining talking through an issue like do you have even my 12 year old daughter to this day if she is in a mood, we'll sit down and, you know, it's, it would be easier for me to take the route of rolling my eyes and, oh, whatever, just let her do her thing. But I'm watching over her heart at this point. I'm guarding. I'm trying to I'm trying to steward her heart, direct her heart in the right way. So we'll sit down and I say, what's bothering you? What's the issue? And we'll get to the bottom of it and understand that that's not a way that she can just manifest with an attitude and hopefully teaching her to identify that in herself and combat it and understanding that your heart matters taking issue. The Bible says the little foxes come in and destroy the vine. They they destroy the fruit off of the vine. And that's what the enemy wants to do in the lives of your children. He wants to get in in those little areas and start to destroy the fruit that God wants to produce in and through them, the fruit of their lives, even the fruit of the spirit in them and to, to being produced. So it's, it's not neglecting the little things, but being a garden keeper, a garden tender to making sure that the wrong things are being out and the right things Are being developed in them, you know, uh, so often you've heard this the phrase that you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are and understanding that if they have an attitude or if they're going off on uh, a tangent or uh, maybe if they have a disrespect towards authority or if they have a disrespect towards us or a bad negative uh, attitude. view of of, a person in their life, you know, going back and saying, what is my life like? Have they heard me dishonor or disrespect and being careful that I steward my life in a way that I could teach them? I could tell them, you know, honor your authorities, honor those coaches, honor the people in your life. I could teach them, you know, always, always forgive when somebody does something wrong to you. But if I'm living opposite, they're not going to do what I say. They're going to do what I'm doing and they're going to think I'm a hypocrite for, for saying to do something different than I'm living. So, you know, I steward my life as garden keeper and thinking they're going to watch what i'm doing what i do matters and it's actually reproduced within them the bible talks about that in the book of genesis it says a seed reproduces after its own kind so what are the things going on in my heart is a mother Gardening over my heart, living a life that is right before the Lord, and then seeing that produced in my children. Not that they're perfect, but I do love to see compassion on display. I do love to see when I get a call from school and say, you know, so-and-so hit your son uh, on the playground and and he forgave him. Like, that makes my heart happy because I know that there's a, a root of kindness. There's love in his heart. And that's something that I have purposely, on purpose, taken the time to cultivate, not to push under the rug, but taking the time not to be lazy about it, but to be diligent in guarding their heart and making sure the right things are growing. Another aspect would be a gatekeeper, somebody who watches over the, the, the entryways into our home and into them as individuals. You know, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So as we guard our hearts, as we teach them to guard their hearts, as we uh, keep an eye on attitudes and thought processes and the little things, everything else in life is going to flow from that. And and some of those things don't stay little. And and as a gatekeeper, it's important for me to watch what is coming in to my household, what's influencing them that could influence their heart, that could actually uh, taint the work that I've been diligently trying to implant and put in them at uh, taking them to church, reading the Bible, praying with them. Am I watching the gates, though? Because, you know, the enemy could come in and undo everything that I'm trying to do. Just because you take your child to Sunday school doesn't mean that you can let them do whatever they want the rest of the week. You have to be diligent in being a gatekeeper, guarding the heart. Luke 11:34 says this, Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. There's different gates. One of the gates is the eye gate. Another is the ear gate. And understanding that the things that you come into your household, that you let into your household, you're actually uh, giving an influence into your child's life. This responsibility, this, this gift from God that we're stewarding for his glory, are we guarding what they're seeing and what they're hearing? Now, my children go to public school. They're not in a bubble. They go to uh, sporting events. Uh, Yes, they're pastor's kids but but they they see in and things in the world they hear things in the world but i don't let it come into my household what i mean is my children know that it's not acceptable uh for that to be a part of our household and it's not acceptable for for a part of who they are so so when you're a gatekeeper you're teaching them you're not just saying you know you can't listen to to this music you're explaining to them why and then it's not going to have a place in your household we don't listen to secular music in our house we've never played it on the radio we don't when i'm driving down the street. I don't listen to secular music. We listen to praise and worship music. We listen to to songs that that will edify them. And so they understand that that's a part of our lifestyle. I've guarded their ears in the sense of I'm not going to let curse words and, and wrong lyrics come into their ear gate because I know it'll influence their thought process and it'll influence their heart. And then there'll be a symptom that arises that all of a sudden I'm like, where did that come from? And how do I deal with that? Guard the gates. Guard what they're watching, what they're looking at. I thank God for a godly husband uh, who who guards his eyes that whenever my boys, my teenage boys are watching TV from a a very young age, uh, if there's something inappropriate that comes on the TV, they'll either look away, throw the remote to me, or they'll put a pillow in front of their face. They turn and don't look at what's not pure. And so, you know, make sure that you're teaching and training them to guard their eyes. Don't don't let your teenage boys talk about uh, things that are inappropriate in your presence. Teach and correct. It might be hard. it's t- called child rearing for a reason. It's work, you know, that you have to train a child, the Bible says, in the way that they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. Continue to guard, continue to gatekeep, continue to establish those boundaries and those standards for your household. And as you do that, you're going to put a supernatural uh, uh blessing upon your household. As for this house, we honor the Lord. As for this house, this is the standard that we live and we operate in. And you're sowing good seeds into them. And they're understanding the godly standard that that is in your household. And you're not letting everything come into their eyes, into their ears. that are going to have a negative effect on their heart. Listen, the, the world does not have a hold of your children if you don't let them do it. If you continue to push the word of God, if you continue to preach the word of God, cultivate the word of God in your house, it doesn't matter what school they go to. It doesn't matter what profession they have one day. Then They're going to be influenced by the right things. The right seeds have been planted and they're going to reap a good harvest. So take time with your kids. You know, our kids, like I said before, go to public school but even if they didn't, I would still take it a of my responsibility as the gatekeeper, as the garden tender of my home to cultivate times where they are reading their bible you know when they're little we get up we read our bible before bed we read our bible we have a verse of the day in the morning and then at night we have our devotions with the little ones the older ones Uh, How do I steward that? Well, once they can read themselves, then I say, okay, we're going to have Bible reading time. As they get even older, then I I make it more of an accountability thing. Have you read your Bible today? What's the Lord speaking to you is a question I ask them often because I want to know what's in your heart. What's the Lord speaking to your heart? I want to make sure their heart is connecting with the right things, that it's not being in alignment with the world and everything they're seeing and hearing, but it's staying connected with the source of their peace and strength. And so, you know, we'll say, what's the Lord speaking to you? What book of the Bible are you reading? And if they say, you know, I don't know, we'll say, read this. I'll give them an assignment. I'll say, we're going to read Second Timothy as a family. And so keeping them on track, it's my role. I'm the gatekeeper of my home. I'm the gatekeeper for my children to raise them up in the things of God. Sometimes we'll have a worship night where we'll take 20 minutes before bed. We try to do it once a week at least, and we'll just play worship music. We'll read our Bible, and then we'll go around in, in a circle and pray and say prayers together as a family listen you're training them you're teaching them you're saying you know what I know all of this is going on outside in the world but it's not gonna affect us as for me and my house we're gonna serve the Lord I'm gonna be a gatekeeper I'm gonna grow the right things I'm gonna cultivate the right things I'm gonna be a garden tender and cultivating and I'm gonna be a gatekeeper and protecting and watching what comes in and out of my home your child is not the boss you are the boss you're the authority of your household you are the gatekeeper don't give your authority over to them just because they pitch a fit or throw a fit or says, my friend does this, you know, we pray, and I'm sure you do too, over your children, that any relationship that would lead them off track, any relationship that that would take them out of the will of God for their life would be burned off in Jesus' name. You know, the scripture, don't be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. It starts by saying, don't be deceived, because it's easy to be deceived. Oh, I like them, or we play sports together, or they're the popular kid, or whatever that is. Guard your friendships that your children have. Don't let them just have anyone over If you're a spiritual person, you'll be able to feel in your spirit whether that friendship is right or wrong. God wants to speak to you so that you can guard your children. If you take a minute and listen and then you obey and act on it. So, you know, guard those relationships, direct them. Well, let's invite this friend over instead. Or that person doesn't really, you know, uh, uh, do the same things that we do. Let's invite this person over instead and really guarding your kids so today is is we talked about mothering 101 listen that's a lot to take in and it's a heavy responsibility that we have but you're not doing it alone the Lord is with you but be sensitive to the role be sensitive to uh, the the word of God that sets us up to win as moms that they would cultivate good things that they would produce good fruit when you start to make the investments in an early age their teenage years are they are wonderful you enjoy uh, the relationship that you have and you know uh, don't listen to people that say it's only going to get harder and harder. As you make the right investments, you're going to see a good harvest. And the relationship that you have with your children is going to grow richer and richer. Start declaring those things over your kids. I declare over my kids every day the plans and the purposes of God that we will be a tight-knit family that we'll love God and that we'll grow in love for each other. I declare, you know, uh, the right relationships to be in their life for their future spouses. I, you know, so declare good things over them starting from a young age. Whenever the enemy would try to come in and bring worry or fear or doubt over my children, I would take it as a cue just to start declaring the good things that God has over them, to pray over them uh, daily. And as you do that, you're making good investments and you will see the right harvest but be diligent about it take your role seriously don't get in condemnation now ladies i know how that goes you know don't beat yourself up over what you haven't done start sowing the right seeds now and know that you're not in this alone that holy spirit is with you to teach you to guide you to encourage you uh, to lead you along the right path the holy spirit is like a secret weapon for us moms that we know what to pray when to pray it but we need to really listen to it and we need to obey the promptings of the holy spirit as we're as we're momming in this world and that we'll learn to do our role with excellence and the responsibility is great but we're not in it alone there's grace to do it we our job is to listen to pray and to obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit and uphold the standards that are in the Word of God and as you do that you're not going to be lazy you're not going to be one that tears down our house with our own hands you're going to build it up with the Word of God with righteousness it will be established and God is good we celebrate you this Mother's Day I pray that you get refreshed today uh, this week wherever you're listening to the podcast uh, that you're refreshed by the Word and that you know that you're not in this alone and that each day we're making investments so start today investing in those little ones and there's gonna be a great reward we love you so much and we'll see you next time on the podcast thanks again for joining us for the mrs rev podcast once again do us a favor and subscribe but also leave a review and a rating if you have any comments or questions we'd love to hear from you so after you subscribe request to join our closed facebook group and feel free to leave your questions there Have an amazing week and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Mrs. Rev Podcast.